0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit american-giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at american-giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you- experts, and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 3rd of December, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Phoenix Internet Marketing. And uh, it was really cool to wake up this morning to find out that we are number two.
2: We're number two.
1: We are we,
2: number two. <laughs> yeah, We are.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure how these things are ranked. The very first thing I did was to look to see if they like were ranking them in reverse alphabet order because mm-hmm. like, you know, Webcology, it's as It turns out they weren't making it in reverse alphabet order. Um, Search Engine Journal today uh, I noted 16 uh, podcasts that you want to be listening to, 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 uh, understand SEO moving into uh 2021 and um we were the uh second one on the list the the first one that didn't have a search engine journal URL attached we were the we were second on the list and that was amazingly gratifying thank you roger Montty for for the attention um it's kind of extra special because like search engine journal has become one of the primary voices of the industry and uh, I don't know about you dave I, I i you know I think both of us sort of see ourselves as SEOs SEOs yep and uh being on a list i guess is confirmation of the other people see value in, in in what we're doing but um lists like this are finite and that's too bad because there's a lot of other amazing contributors out there who for whatever reason don't find their way onto like lists like this but guys like david david harry or terry van horn or dan sure or like um seo for the rest of us uh podcast uh Craig Campbell and the uh, the the Euro European SEOs, all the stuff that they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's like so many contributors out there right now. Um, this is like almost like a gold. Remember,
3: remember
1: when like The Sopranos and uh, 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 Breaking Bad bookended the golden age of television?
2: Yeah, this is yeah. the
1: golden age of like SEO information right now. <clears throat> There's uh, again, just great stuff out there. So I think like to recognize uh, that stuff but more importantly right now dave i want to i want i want to thank you and webmaster radio for
2: you know thank you <laughs> it's been yeah, a great and ride and, and to you it has been a great ride um and a great uh, well we've been doing this since 2006 so um you know maybe, maybe we're just working our way up the list just in consecutive number of shows that have been done over <laughs> Uh, i think Um, we're just sort of figuring out we're just sort of like actually figuring out what we're doing yeah or we fake it really really well no and i i agree it it was an honor to be included um an honor to make it one of the the nicest things from that um was rogers rogers closing description listening to their podcast is like having a coffee break with friends and i was like that's exactly the tone i want and i hope the rest of our listeners are also uh, you know, sort of feel the same that this is more meant as a as a conversational yeah. approach and, and just a discussion uh, among friends and, and peers on uh, on what's going on.
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly what I hoped we sounded like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. So anyway, and to everybody else out there who like actually listens to this thing, thank you. Thank you. Think, uh, okay. Enough of the self indulgent stuff.
3: Oh, <laughs> very man, on all
2: Show for that. I know. Yeah, we
1: could do it all. We could do an all show, but why do an all show But we could just like mention Barry Swartz all show? Like, shoot, which we can also do. <laughs> we can easily do that because uh, this week he celebrated his seventeenth year writing about the SEO industry, and as many shows as we've done in our like sixteen year uh, career podcasting together, mm-hmm. he does that many articles a day. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Barry, congratulations <laughs> to you, man. Like, um. Uh, uh, I don't know I don't even I don't even know the right word for it just the her clan effort that that man puts out to uh to to to, to just bring so much
2: information to people I know I know it is just crazy okay. um, <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> um so yeah and to be doing it for that long yeah. and so well with and consistency so well. yeah you know
1: that's some I mean, of the cool things about the SEO industry, like being an SEO demands like a whole bunch of consistency. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why we have really good, um, reputable, authoritative and trustworthy media. Yeah, you could just eat us up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on the first day of Christmas, goddamn Google gave to me a core update and a whole bunch of unease. Man, I mean, like a core freaking update. Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but one of the funny things when I when I saw the announcement uh, to me that there was a, there was core update is I had just been doing my my sort of routines in, in my morning checking clients site health um, popped into search console to just check out a couple things that weren't quite making sense and, and what I was seeing over in, in just standardized crawls from from SEM rush. Um, there's a discussion over about SEM right now versus SEM. So I just needed to properly pronounce that right because the latest Solis <laughs> pronounces it wrong, as it turns out. And I'm pretty sure she calls it Jeff. Um, just to <laughs> sorry, nothing that route. Um, no, all, all, all just tug and cheek. Um, but I had actually gone over um, onto their um, onto one of their Facebook groups. I was like, has anybody else noticed a massive, massive spike? um, in crawls right now, as I, I, had, I walked in and these crawl, the, the spike had happened, but it was across two niches. Um, and it happened on the 29th of November. That's, um, that's my, my latest date in, in search console. Um, so it probably continued after that. If my, if my guess is right. Um, and it was travel e ecom. didn't matter. didn't seem to matter the niche of e so When I say niche, I sort of mean classification of, of a website there, but it was travel, but only travel, not travel blogs, travel where there's bookings, Mm-hmm. Um, like done on the site. So um, I'd I, I asked in the on, on this Facebook group, is anybody else seeing this? And do you think this is just a, we're making sure that our inventory and index is fresh or do you think there's an update going on right now? Personally, I think we're going to see an update on the weekend or early next week. Um, that was, I posted that this morning. Then I continued on with reading today's news and six minutes earlier, <laughs> um, the, the, the tweet had gone out um, from search liaison at, uh, at Google that an update, a, a, a core update is rolling out. Um, and, and it was posted at 7.34 a.m. Um, and it was that one was going to be rolling out this afternoon. So that answered my question seconds after I asked it. Um, but I asked the question after the news was already available. So So the next question that
1: obviously pops to mind, and is the one that you really shouldn't be asking, but you kind of got to. Is I mean, cause it's Christmas time. Um, first question is, Is this going to upset things immediately quickly um, or anytime uh, Well, my, my clients might be getting some of those last desperate Christmas sales. Is this going to upset an apple cart that really is already being upset significantly this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next question, which is the one that you really shouldn't be asking is So what does it all mean? It's like a double rainbow, man. Um, Like. There's a you see you see a lot of action in uh, e-comm and in travel uh, bookings uh, specifically uh, Two places which um, there's always a great deal of flux and always a bunch of new information being fed to Google. Um, that's the one, the one, the one uh, similarity between those two niches that that's absolutely undeniable is there's uh, constant feeds going into Google all the time and uh, people checking them all the time. So I saw, I'm wondering if there's any coincidence that the same week a core update is announced, um, which incidentally, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if we mentioned it, or if you mentioned it, Dave, um, search liaison, Danny Sullivan confirmed, oh, you said that he put the tweet out. Yeah. Um, Google published, uh, an FAQ covering core vitals. Now don't get the two, uh, terms confused, uh, a core update and core vitals. Um, but, um, The other thing that the travel and e niches have very much in common is people are looking at these uh, websites on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Google's looking at everything about mobile in the in the coming future and I'm wondering if um, the core update is going to is going to be seen around um, information fed Rapidly updatable information fed to Google as appears in the mobile environment. For some reason, I got a bunch of triggers all pointing to that.
2: And and it's good. And you know what? We, we won't know for probably another week. Hopefully by the time we're, we're, um, chatting next week, we'll have a chance to to talk to people a little bit more about here's what did happen. If I have to crystal ball this and 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 predict um, the future, what my instinct is ties to a, another piece of news um, that I found over on search engine land from George, I, I'm going to mispronounce this, but I'm going to tr- give it a try anyway, Nugent. Um, I, I know I mispronounced that. But there we go. And, and my apologies to George, um, that Google has launched their um, Google Shopping gift guide. Now, it's, it's a portal for Google Shopping Gifts. Um, like it, it Basically, and it, it bases on trends um, based on different classifications of users, techies, cooks, et cetera, et cetera. Number one trending um, is the Asus uh, GeForce RTX 3080. So let me just say they nailed me um, yep. as a <laughs> trending topic. I'm like, yeah, I've been eyeballing <laughs> that very same one, that or the 3090 not that I'm going to buy either because $2,000 for a video card is not my crystal ball future, but we've, we've talked about it before on this show, Google's uh, advances into um, basically trying to crush industries, right? I mean, they're, they're under investigations for, for things like that. Um, if I'm understanding what I'm seeing in what they would be doing, I suspect this core update is more about making sure the data that they have, their ability to crawl and scrape, product content um and travel information um and availabilities versus um the, you know their their older indexes right because they're they're mm-hmm. constantly trying to evolve what kind of data they can pull from a site i suspect if they can try and pull more accurate product data and availability yep. to push to shopping to yep. crush amazon to pull booking information to to sort of tackle Um, the travel sector as we're about to have a vaccine and start traveling again more, right? I mean, we're, we're looking into the future, but this is going to be a long play on their end, right? I'm not saying we're going to be doing that, you know, in January, February, but they need to be planning now for what's coming in sort of hopefully summer, fall. Um, I I suspect what we're seeing is just a core change to facilitate a faster um, product gathering and, and trip gathering, um, index, so sort of not really related to their primary index, um, but related to capturing additional markets and creating new, more accurate indexes for for shopping and travel. Uh, but that's just the like I, I'm sure there are other industries and stuff like that being impacted. I'm only basing this on on a spot check of probably about fifty different websites and their crawl stats.
1: Okay, and again, everything that Dave is really worth worth saying. Everything Dave and I are talking about right now is educated speculation.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I love you putting the stamp on that one because that's super important. Uh, Um, Results may vary.
1: Yeah, so so and I I really want to proceed my next sentence with that phrase. So what you know, how is this going to affect a a good SEO? My 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 first thought is it shouldn't. Because you've been telling your customers to get schema into you're telling your clients to get schema into their product listings. You've been telling your 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 clients to uh, use data feeds as much as possible to uh, enhance the way that uh, their search results appear on search results pages. You've been telling your clients to get reviews and to use um, social review applications. You've been telling them to do all the things that, if, if if you're right, Dave, this this core update should be looking towards. Yeah. So it shouldn't affect you. It should benefit you if in fact, you have been doing what Google's been talking about for the last, like, I don't know, 18 months or so.
2: Well, indeed. I mean, they're, they're like, for example, the um, seasonal one that I that I was talking about, their sort of uh, holiday-based, um, you know, portal site, um, is based on Google Shopping. So that's, I, I think they're trying to pull more just, quote-unquote, organic listings um, in to, to supplement their their paid results. But we've talked on this show about a paid shopping, which I, I'm a big fan of. Um, but also just the ability through the merchant center to you don't even have to do paid anymore. You can you can submit through the merchant center and just light up organic and get your feed, your your product feed directly in there. I think for people that are paying attention, um, you, me, our listeners, um, I, I think if I'm right, and, and I think that was a really important stamp that I forgot to put on it, but I think is really important. We haven't even seen this update. The core update hasn't even rolled out yet to the best. We just know what's coming. (laughs) Like, we're just like, just uh, shooting crap here, but, um, the if we are did, right.
1: did confirm it is coming. No it question. is
2: coming. Yeah, what it entails or what the repercussions are, we won't know for a least. They a even got day. a cool name for it. They're calling it the
1: December 2020 core update. Whoa. I mean, that covers everything, man.
2: <laughs> you got to give us better names than that. I think that's smart of them to just start <laughs> naming stuff. Otherwise, I'd call it Florida too. Um, <laughs> Bad, <laughs> back to the future. I, I, I think, yeah, people who are paying attention, there's just opportunities. But I do think the battleground is going to get a lot more interesting now. Um, in the organic product, um, not just schema, um, but I mean, we we hit spots, and I, I'll I'll actually give a, a plug to a little known tool here. I, I use a, a tool called Adcore um, to augment our, our our feeds, and and one of the the things that this tool allows you to do um, is that you can pull your feed from the client's website. So I have a client site. I pull this feed into ad core. I can then do find and replace functions. I can do filtering functions. I can do all sorts of functions and it then produces a feed for me that I then submit to Google merchant center. So I can now go in and a lot of times a client's product name or description name needs to start with something that isn't necessarily good for organic. That isn't necessarily good for a paid shopping campaign, but it's important on their website to appear a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's, that's what we've hit with a, a And so ad course primary sort or goes, okay, let's let anytime the feed processes, let's do this find and replace on everything. Let's pull this thing out. Let's, you know, move, you know, the price tag over to the beginning or move the count items over to the beginning and let you rearrange stuff and go, okay. Now, this is for organic, and this one's my one for paid, <laughs> and, and lets you split those up to to optimize your feeds a little bit better. So, anyway, interesting tool to look at if you're taking this stuff seriously. And I think I think if I'm right on what's happening, this is a big, big going to be a big push against Amazon. Even if I'm wrong, they're going to do that push. It just means it's just not now, but they're they're obviously going to fight that battle. We, we've seen so many signs of it. So, just little little advantages like a, a tool like that, or I think what's going to make a, a big difference.
1: Okay, hey, we have to jump to break, or the or the the, the dudes in the studio—they're holding their breath right now. They're gonna—they're gonna turn 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 purple. Um, but before we go, Google does core updates because it's trying to affect the way it processes information in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, the effect tends to be seen in the search engine results pages. How the searches themselves or how the results themselves are constructed so look to the SERPs. you will eventually find your answers there um in the meantime don't panic but we got to take a break here on webcology it's the 3rd of december 2020 only 22 more shopping days till whatever the heck they're calling it this year um till hole in the ground day Meanwhile, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. We're back in a couple minutes here on Webcology. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break.
0: For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap.
1: Commercials off. Now back to WebCology,
0: only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone,
1: welcome back to WebCology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 3rd of December, 2020. 22 more shopping days until Christmas, Uh, which means very few shipping days until Christmas. So if you got your own personal shopping to do get it done now and if you have uh, e-commerce to conduct get your shipping options as clearly spelled out as possible we've been saying this for weeks on the show because it's the most obvious thing this year but um dave i mean like last minute tips for retailers do you got anything at this point
2: what do you do in the ad world you, you hit a tough one. Ads are totally different, right? I mean, I'm, I'm constantly, constantly, constantly checking. Um, the speed of acquisition of data is a lot faster right now for e-commerce, right? Like, when when we're running A-B, like, landing page tests, so that's something people could do. Well, maybe you don't want to, like, do those right now because if it goes wrong, right, like, we're kind of in the hubbub of, like, for, for most people, if you want to deal with sort of longer-term shipping things. If you were, say, a local business, um, you know, trying to sell gift cards or something like that. Um, there might be some opportunities um, for, for testing, but the only thing that you really have available to you is fine tuning what you have um, is testing new titles, testing new descriptions a little bit, but you probably don't want to risk much. If what you're doing is working. Okay. Yeah. you Probably don't, don't want to test too much. One little thing. And I think I've mentioned it on this show before one area, a lot of people don't use and it works especially well in gift cards is create a Google post (laughs) with a great big image that is awesome about your gift card sale that sort of talks about your business and write yourself just like a little Google post part in in, in your Google My Business, Mm -hmm. write yourself a little Google post because then when people are searching your name, there'll be this big, bright gift cards thing with a link right to your gift cards page.
1: And just to add to what you're saying, that would have been the advice I gave, damn it. (laughs) But just to, to, to add to that, like make it a digital gift card. Because that's going to sell until December twenty fourth. Um, you don't got to ship it; you got to email it. Uh, that's the only way around shipping in and uh, still to, able to take people's money and guarantee they get their Christmas gift by Christmas is mm-hmm. make it a digital gift. Yeah. Um, but Dave, yeah, what you said about about um, getting getting the the, the message into uh, into Google My Business. Um, and then having that message come up when, you, when a brand search is done, like, absolutely, a name search is done, because um, communication is your friend. It's yeah. the uh, it's the only way you're going to be, because you have everybody, there's that, 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 that aphorism, a rising tide floats all boats, um, a raging fire burns all cabins, um, and a social lockdown, be it declared or undeclared. Um, people still don't want to go in stores. They don't want to do a whole bunch of stuff. And that's not everybody, but a sufficient number of people that retail is being, which is already getting hammered, has been super hammered.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you do? Um,
1: well, that
3: that
2: kind, of, kind of is about it. Now, one thing people can do that I, I found... You you could be testing this at any time, but it's is—it's hitting me right now as as one availability. We've got a client that we've been working with in the paid search space for, it's going on four years now. Mm -hmm. So the challenge, there's always a little fine tuning of the campaigns that are running well, of course. But most of the energy now is, okay, we know our target and desired CPA. What are other channels that we can do? And I think if people look at those, what are other channels? Um, And one that I found quite successful for one of our clients right now, especially if you're running gift cards, promo codes, um, is to advertise, uh, I guess, not really gift cards, but there will be options for gift cards, but one for for promo codes would would work very well, is using um, audience targeting in Google Ads as opposed to um, doing, which some people do, but if you get really fine-tuned audience targeting, for example, we've got a client, they have, they have, Uh, promo codes and and gift cards and and things like that um and so we've targeted people who like coupons because you can actually just target people who like coupons it goes like gangbusters right it's going incredibly well so we can target demographic our target demographic and go okay we want our target demographic that's interested in coupons and get in front of them just for our coupons it might not be the desired uh most desired but it's a new opportunity we don't have to worry about losing anything we had before or pillaging our own traffic it was a brand new channel um, it's going pretty well. I probably shouldn't tell that to people, except the client that we're most successful with that is in Canada, and I'm assuming most of our listeners are competing <laughs> for the Canadian <community> market.
1: Well, <laughs> um, yeah, again, uh, indeed, indeed, but... Wow, brain flake, I just totally lost what I was going to say. Um, I'm, I'm reiterating that's an extraordinarily good idea, but wow, I love getting old. Um, <laughs> Moving forward, I mentioned earlier. I mentioned earlier that Google published an FAQ on uh, on on core web vitals, and mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's it's required reading in the uh, in the SEO world. And the cool thing is, the uh, article published at SE Roundtable uh, Barry's Barry's article on it. Well. Barry pulled a Google here by copying the whole thing and putting it in the article, so you don't actually have to go to the Google FAQ to look at it. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> um, absolutely worth reading. Core Web Vitals are going to become a uh, are going to offer a brand new set of metrics that SEOs are going to be communicating with their uh, with their clients. Um, most important, some of the most important, which are. Uh, metrics. I, I I love how we come up with uh with, 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 with terms, eh? Mm-hmm. Largest contentful paint. <laughs> That's um incidentally how quickly users see stuff painted upon the screen, the broad canvas of your of your of your of your screen or your, your mobile device. Um, first input delay. How quickly can a user actually work with the website, do something on it, uh, input or receive information back by like pushing a button? How about the cumulative layout shift?
2: Yeah, Doesn't that's that an you? interesting one. Marry yeah, me.
1: when when shifts when when layouts cumulatively shift
2: on me it drives me crazy. Yeah. But it's actually quite important because it does drive me crazy. Which is why it's important, and it, it's a funny one because my early early Dave. Um, did things to make that worse. Um, And it's because the solutions to remedying that for the most part, like the, the, the shift, is to include in your code things like on an image, here's the size of the image in your code so that it knows how to paint that on the screen and before it's dropped in, like it knows the dimensions that the image is about to take before the image is actually going in there. But instinctive Dave, um, was like, well, I want to save those those bits, right? I, I I can reduce the ones and zeros by not including the size on the image call, but that is going to increase the shift because I'm not telling the browser what space to leave for that image. <laughs> so the part of me that's old school, back to like, I mean, I, I was old doing school when we about dude. modems,
1: right? <laughs> like, New school render
2: dude. Yeah, exactly, and that's 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 it. One of the things I found absolutely fascinating in, in um, the quote was where it was re- or in the, the document that he was sharing was related to AMP pages, but it wasn't actually AMP pages. Cause I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of AMP. Like I, mm-hmm. I it, That one's going to confuse fan. us. Um, but the thing was in the word thing, do they meet the recommended thresholds? And that's actually the line that, or, or the question that I found most fascinating, not related to AMP because what that tells us, and, and I think we kind of knew it, but what that really stamps in is we're dealing with thresholds. So if we had a site that is rated a 98, to me, that means it's not going to perform any better than a 94 because both have crossed the threshold under excellent, right? Like both of them have crossed the threshold. We're not dealing with a marker where a hundred is better than 92. We're dealing with a threshold that it just needs to be good, right? It needs to be fast enough that people will like it. So that's what they're they're obviously marking. So we're not talking about thresholds we're, or we're not talking about specific metrics in the same way where 100 would necessarily be better than 99. We're dealing with anything above this is good. Yeah, but if you right. get 100,
1: you get to shove
2: it in Jeremy's face. Well, there is that. And you know what? I really do like finding a way to poke at Jeremy and make him <laughs> try and do something. Even if I could just find a way to make the machine lie to him just to drive him nuts for a little bit. <laughs> Indeed, I mean, although that would be fun, because if I could, quite honestly, if I can find <laughs> ways to make Google lie, that's probably not where I would use that great skill. Um, but, I mean, no, I would be totally ethical with that.
1: Indeed. <laughs> Old SEO, new SEO. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, it, it was that threshold comment that I did find interesting, because I found it very telling about the way the mechanics of the algorithm behind that will, will operate. It's just the use of the word threshold instead of um, counting it as, as a specific point um, set up
1: for what that's worth, though, if um, all if nine of your competitors also meet that threshold, you'll want to be that much better than them. <laughs> that's my, my that's that's my philosophy anyway. Because <laughs> um, I mean, you remember remember Patrick and stuff when they just when they showed that blue that that green line that had like a ranking of one to ten, mm-hmm. and people were selling like. Page rank it had like the, the two to three range had a value, three to four range had a value, five to six range had a value. And the people who were selling knew this, of course, but the people who were buying mightn't have figured it out. In between those values were thousands of integers. Mm-hmm. And who knows what each integer was worth or how much space was between the integers. I don't know, but I know that they were there. Right. No question about it.
2: No, you're right. There there is no question. It's not like Google operates on a scale of like zero to ten. <laughs> like No, it was an incredibly complex system. But they're happy if we think they do. But we're yeah, and and we did. And just for listeners who might want to know, I know from experience, a PR six sold for five hundred dollars per month (laughs) was what those rented for. I had a PR six in the health industry. It went quickly to a PR zero when Google figured out what I was doing. By the way,
1: which brings (laughs) us to an interesting question that was asked in Search Engine Journal uh, this week.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um. I'm just waiting for the, for the uh, article itself to load on my insanely slow computer, but Tony Wright asked it in a, an article he wrote December 1st. Um, and this, this question's been asked and kind of answered before, but it's obviously askable again. Can you offer people a reward or, get disc- or discounts to gain backlinks? What's the ethics around that?
2: am i am i john mueller answering that question or am i dave answering that question well, right you could I be
1: you could be dave answering that question <laughs> as you think john Mueller might
2: if i'm if i'm john Mueller i i think he would actually just bypass the it depends and goes nope um, because bad. you can't incentivize people for a link um you could if it was no follow but you can't mm-hmm. incentivize for for a do follow um at the same time i think it's Ethically speaking, I think he would say no. I would say it is a bit of a gray because if I have given you a product and said, I would love if you reviewed that because I see you review things. Am Mm -hmm. I wanting a link? Yes, I am. Um, But have I demanded it in exchange for the thing? And I think to me, that's where the gray becomes an an acceptable gray. That's, That's just me. I'm not saying follow this. It's the gospel. It is far from it because it is a gray area. But to me, that is a fine... Line to cross, Google certainly crossed that on their own accord at, at times, right? And mm-hmm. they kind of punished, but they punished themselves. Yeah, I was about to say, it. yeah, they caught themselves <laughs> on it. So, you know, they 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 did the same thing, but they but they did punish themselves. Um, so you know, but everybody knows, I mean, okay, hey, but that, that's like ah, link bill. You can't pay
1: for a link, you can't do that. It's illegal. Google right. says it's illegal. They will come down on you and they will stomp you on the head given
2: half the chance if they find out you did it, but everyone does it. How's that? Yeah, well, Google will say you shouldn't link build at all, right? Like if you if you ask them actually point blank, they'd be like, "Well, link building isn't a good thing. You should just build great content, right?" Like okay. yeah, and, and and let people link
1: to it because they found the content and think it's like super hot dandy.
2: And if you ask them how are they to find that in the first place, they'd go, "And here is our paid search division." No,
1: okay. <laughs> but I mean, and this is and. This was the problem. This is the trap Google sort of set for itself and all of us back in 2003, 2004, when it hypervalued and told us it was hypervaluing mm-hmm. the, uh, the, 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 the the weight of links uh, in, in search rankings. Mm-hmm. And Google continues to reiterate that PageRank is still the kernel of its algorithm. And so, ergo, links are still the magic secret sauce that ain't so secret ergo and therefore they have great value and will be treated as a commodity because that's this is earth this is you know we we buy and sell our way to get forward
2: yeah now as a plus if i'm going to predict the future and i don't mean the near future um and i don't mean completely dead as an industry uh, link building specifically is what i'm talking about here but nlp and natural language processing is evolving Mm. rapidly like incredibly rapidly um to i mean there's still big errors i was actually attending a virtual conference yesterday that was sort of outlining how poor google is at a lot of this stuff um but it is evolving very very fast once google crosses that threshold of going we understand better than humans and we know they do they do this about a lot of things right they go okay we're gonna be crossing that in there um If they think they become better at judging content on a page than a user who might link to it, right, and go, that user doesn't know all the contents available. They just link to this thing because that's the only thing they know, but there's actually this better piece out there. If Google views themselves better at making that decision, how strong are links at that point? And I I don't think we're that far off from Google going, oh, we know you like this content but this is actually better. So we're going to reward this content. We're going to go, people are interested in this kind of content, but we know this unlinked piece is better than this linked piece. Right. So, I, so I think you we got were...
1: Google, you got Google drawing relationships between documents, which is like, got me thinking like some weird Burt passages, like thing, um, which could make sense, could make absolute sense. Why not draw Why not draw these connections? But I noticed that, that Google's been putting a lot of emphasis on anchor text and the text used to phrase the links. Yeah. Even as much as it was, was it John Mueller or was it Martin? Uh, Martin Schmidt, who um, who was saying that like the link, longer anchor text gives Google more context uh, to, to figure out what's what where that link's going to. Like,
2: yeah, which has got to be frustrating to them that most of the time the anchor text they see is like here. Yeah, or shocked now, <laughs> home. Um, but but yeah, it's and we got to understand like they're still at a rudimentary level, right? Like I mean, relatively speaking. Don't get me wrong. This is like when we've talked about this. This is an incredibly advanced, incredibly complex machine. But what we're talking about is is like deep learning and, and neural nets here, right? And and uh, from that standpoint we're at a very, very early, early stage um, in, in sort of the, the life of things. There was, a, in I'd mentioned that I was at a conference, There was a, a great speaker, Gary Marcus, um, who had said, talking about deep learning, deep just means the number of layers, um, not deep understanding. So we're at that, it's deep in the number of layers of data. We are not deep in the understanding. And that's why in an image that he'd used as an example, Um, The, the, the network doing image classification thought that a flipped over bus in an accident on a snowy road was a snow plow, right? Like it it absolutely got this thing wrong. So, because we're at an early age of machine learning being added in, it's, it's right now a, a glorified calculator, right? By, by standard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody knows that I'm, I'm a big fan of, of machine learning and I know I can do amazing things, but we're not as far ahead as people might like to think that we are. Elon Musk can talk about putting, you know, fully autonomous vehicles on the road by like 2021. That's not happening, right? Like I'm sorry to break it to people, but that's not happening at at everything that I'm seeing going on in, in that realm. But it will, like these systems are getting there and we're not talking about the safety of like, you know, a Tesla driving underneath an eighteen wheeler, right? If something goes wrong. Google can deploy these systems faster. And, and I think if we once it's
1: safer it's electronic. And, and, and safer, <laughs> right? Like they can go,
2: okay, it's it's not uh, it's not bulletproof, but it's better than what we had. It, it's not bulletproof, but it's better than SEO's gaming our system with a bunch of anchor text links built, you know, bought and paid for, right? Like that's all they need to cross is that threshold to We're better than them. I prefer sure to call that well written. By the way, right. Um, Well written. (laughs) But what that produces is an environment where actually it's your services and and services like them that are producing the best form of content. That becomes the best thing. And passages, I think, is just an extent of that. We've got passages sitting out there going, okay, we need to break it out of larger and, and put it into smaller because they just want the best, right? That all they care about is just having the best. Um, you know, sort sort of forms, and I'm actually fascinated by, by the idea of what passages will turn into. Right? Will they let us in our code go? Okay, with passages, we'll land you at the page, but we'll put it in a light box, and you can use this code to define what the light box looks like. Like, will they allow? No, there they that are that that never
1: going to let you define what goes in what they extract with passages. Oh gonna, no, I mean, once never going to let you do that
2: through to the page. Once I hit my site. Not will I define the passage, but will I define the visual layout on the page that the passage sits you in? You could totally we'll do that, really but you'd, really have, you'd have to it. sense where the user came from as they add a the page and then serve something up to them. You could there totally you do go. That. And, and therein is, is, is the. You get, you get slapped in, around for it, but you could totally do it. <laughs> we would hit a, a difficulty in, in implementation or a skill level of implementation that would be difficult for most.
1: Well, not only uh, that, if Google caught you serving different contents, Are serving what it perceived to be different content based on where the user agent came from. um, It might perceive cloaking.
2: See, and that's why I'm thinking right now I'm viewing um, passages of it, just going, okay, we're going to jump to that section and we'll highlight that off the page. But what if they allowed us to just fire through to the page that that was from and pop up a light box, just pull that content out into a light box and go, here, add this, like, code onto your site, and it'll define what the border of that light box and color of the light box is and what the X looks like, right? Rather than jumping it to a lower point on the page, just pull me to the page with the light box. With well, the, this
1: this, the this box. might sound a tad libertarian and such, but, you know, provided you're not screwing with the veracity of information that Google's serving up, you can serve it up any way you damn well please.
2: That's kind of what I'm thinking. And that's where we get into just the technical barrier, where Google could solve the technical barrier. Very quickly for us by just going, just do this, and then when we see that in Chrome, we'll do this to it. But anyway, we're we're going down a rabbit. When we see hole that in Chrome, we
1: will heavy. suck all the energy out of your computer in collusion with some weird <laughs> Windows 10 feature. Don't even get me going on yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds so about bad. Right. Okay, but as I calm down from my from my my newest PS, PTSD trigger, uh, Chrome and its energy depletion machine. I'm telling you, Dave, it's driving me crazy. My computer is so screwed. But that's—we uh, got to take a break while I try to figure this one out. Um, it's, it's the third December, 2020. You're listening to Web Culture on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davis and Beatsucking Marketing, this is Jim Head, Always Media. We're back in a couple minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Web will be back after
3: this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm.
1: Commercial's off back to
0: Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 3rd December 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Joey's Media and Dave Davies from Food Sock Engine Marketing. And Dave, I got to tell you, there are, uh, I, I, I don't want to sound like all tough or anything, but there are really a few things that, that, that scare me in life. My grandma used to scare me she scared the heck (laughs) out of me and uh bears scare me especially especially the the big big polar bears they they scare me Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what bill slosky is saying and then phrase it to a radio audience that also scares me because bill's the uh, bill's level of Interpreting what Google's doing and the rest of our level of interpreting Google's doing is, 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 is on, on a different level. Nevertheless, it is our duty to try to uh, 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 interpret uh, another of Bill's interpretations of, um, of of a Google patent. This one is amazing. Um, Google search queries triggering uh, structured information cards or otherwise known as knowledge panels. Uh, one of the reasons it's sometimes hard to to uh, decipher a Bill Slosky uh, article or interpretation is Bill uses the real words, and we use industry slang. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like reading legalese. Um, Bill uses the legalese, and uh, the rest of us are are, are speaking um, plain English, which is a form of pig Latin compared to legalese.
2: That sounds about right, yeah.
1: Um, did, you, did you see... Uh, Bill's piece in uh, Surgeon Journal yesterday.
2: Yeah, I actually just read it this morning, um, and I thought it was a very interesting
1: one. Not just not just interesting, but I think all the stuff we've been talking about today, including Core Update, there may be a whole bunch of answers in the way Google's classifying information and putting it into little baskets and serving it to people. What do you reckon?
2: I I, I tend to tend to agree, and one of the the, the concepts. <laughs> i'm repeating it um because i have already talked about it on this show as it related to core web vitals um but it, it also came up in his patent evaluation here is the idea of thresholds and i think it's a concept I, i've never really talked about it. i might actually like write a, write a write a piece on it at some point of the importance and thresholds in machine learning systems which is what we're mm-hmm. talking about and it's when does a um you know, when, when does a, a structured information card, which could be a knowledge panel, it could be there. there there's so many of them. He, he lists a bunch, right? Like flight information related to you that's drawn from your Gmail that appears on your phone, right? That would would, would also qualify. And, and there's a bunch of other ones, but it's a um, threshold of confidence is what the machine is looking for. It's going, okay, I I know you were looking for this, um, and, and there's I've got. 8000 different things that I could believe that it is sitting in your email somewhere. How many emails do I have with flight sitting on them somewhere in there, right? Probably hundreds upon hundreds sitting somewhere in my in my inbox and it needs to pick the one that has the highest confidence relates to the flight that I'm doing today. Um, and, and, and display the, the warning that I might be about to miss my flight if I don't get in a car, right, or, or, or something like that, right? It, but it needs to understand this confidence level, and it doesn't know. No machine knows what it's reading. It doesn't understand. That's why it thinks a tipped-over bus is a, is a slow plow, right? Like, it doesn't know. It has to guess, so it crosses this threshold. Mm-hmm.
1: But that threshold might tell the machine to go check another one of your Google services or another one of your Google applications, because remember, Google is a bunch of machines working together to make a mega machine, like a transformer, right? Um, I almost timed that. You were just you were just drinking water. I was trying to time that <laughs> just right. Um, but uh, like, like Google is a bunch of machines put together. That's a much 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 bigger machine. So if they, if your use of language and um, response responses back and forth triggers something, it's about puts you or the information you're looking at across a certain threshold, Google goes off and checks your calendar and notices, yes, in fact, there is a flight coming. Warn him.
2: Yeah. And and that's the brilliance. And for, for listeners, you know, what? and I immediately, of course I I go, it's a podcast, right? And this happens and Roger is saying, and I am chatting with like one of my oldest friends here. So it is easy to just go down the tangent that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but Circling back for for our listeners sake, Bill also does a, a good job of covering the okay and here's what they're looking for right and he does use the technical terms like when he's referring to candidate he's referring to what I was talking about which email do they select contains that information that they're looking for, all those emails would be a candidate they would cross one one candidate will cross the threshold. Right. I mean, I'm sure they've, they've shortlisted like a few of the consider yep. candidates. And we sell but, him something. Right. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, exactly. And then they'll go, how, how do we get Dave to stop for gas on the way uh, right at the store that's advertising with us or, or, or whatnot. But um, coming into there, basically what it boils down to, and I, I'm going to like, I highly recommend head over to Search Engine Journal, read it. But what it boils down to um, is. For each classification that they are looking at, for each card, each classification card, whether it's we need to save Dave um, for missing his flight, so we want to show like Dave's looking for flight information, or whether it's a a knowledge graph that's sitting on a page. There's going to be core elements of that, uh, of data points that it needs um, to, to interpret into it. All of that is going to be based on the query. What kind of query is it? What type of data is Dave looking for right now? Um, So the candidate would be selected as the candidate with the most data points matching. And then they would be determining whether to, place that on the page based on does it have enough to cross their threshold if they need 80 percent certainty that this is matching the query exactly they would show it i'm making up that number i have no idea what their sure, thresholds yeah, yeah. are but if it crosses that threshold all of a sudden the knowledge graph will appear all of a sudden a warning will be sent to your phone or, or will appear at the top of your phone going your flight is in whatever one hour um if it doesn't cross that threshold then it won't appear but that's basically what he's outlining is a, a much more in-depth talk about how those data points are selected and 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 how how they cross that threshold
1: a cool thing to do with with some of Bill's work um, is to sometimes take a step back from it and think of what he's writing about might imply Um, regardless of exactly what Google does with this information or how it uses it Google collects and stores everything just and and everything is everything is um such a weird word because these this is a finite amount of information it just happens to be all the information google can find it stores it and does something with it Mm -hmm. and Anything you put up on your website, any object, any image, any video, any piece of descriptive information, and most importantly, any feed, stuff that is like a digital feed that's going straight to Google, that you put up on your website, Google's storing that information. And it'll find, if it can, and it's relevant to users based on the query that they, that they, that they, they entered in the search engine, Google will find a way to use it and serve it to them. So it's your job to make that, that information useful to Google.
2: Yeah, that's it was. what this patent tells me. I mean, that's and that's an incredibly, incredibly important point. Um, one of the other pieces that I, I try and keep in mind, and Bill's talked about it before, I, I've read it before, I've probably said it, but that's probably regurgitating from other people. I didn't come up with the concept. Is Google's actually not as smart as we give it credit for, right? In, in a silly, it's, it's a hoarder, though, it, it, but it is a hoarder, exactly like what you're talking about. But one of the things that I, I think we can take a, a lot of Um, or glean a lot of insight from is what is in these cards because these are clusters of data that they are pre-storing as pieces that fit together and if you see these clusters fitting across multiple data sets right like okay it's not just Dave's flight it's Jim's flight it's it's flight after flight after flight or here's what a knowledge graph looks like for Dave and Dave's in this sector with this sort of profile. And then you see this knowledge graph for different things. You will start to understand how Google is collecting data in pieces because Google can't just make up everything on the fly for every query that that's just that's not doable. They don't have the the, the processing power. It, it's not efficient. Um, and that's why we see commonality among knowledge graphs, for example, right? It's the easiest one because everybody's familiar with them, but you would look at one. And if you did the same query for an entity that I did like a company, we'll see the same knowledge panel. Um, so you can glean a lot from, okay, this is what they've collected on that entity, on the person that is Dave Davies. That wouldn't be me. That'd be the kinks guy, but there we go. Um, you know, here's all that they gather about him. Okay. Now what do they do about other musicians? Right. And you can start to understand the way they view specific types of people. What would they do for presidents? Are they the same? How did they view that? What would they do for, you know, whatever movies, how do they, how do they classify those? And it can tell you a lot about how they actually store and classify information in the background and how they go, okay, this is the data that relates and we need to chunk it together. Um, anyway, I, I go off on, on odd tangents like that. And I, I apologize because there's nothing really useful. You can take from that in an action item, but I still find it fascinating and I guess that's, what's fun about having a podcast. <laughs> it is, eh?
1: Um, <laughs> totally. You
2: just go off and do whatever, say whatever you want. But
1: remembering, and straight up to the audience, remembering these are really well educated guesses. Yes. And um, reading articles like this one. Um, uh, 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 again, December 2nd, uh, 2020, uh, Search Engine Journal How Search Queries Triggered Structured Information Cards by Bill Slosky. This is the education part that is the foundation of the guesses. Um, yeah,
2: I would suggest, I, I'm just going to give our, our listeners a, a, little, a little tip. Plan to have, it's probably, if you know how to read this type of material, I've read patents. I know you've read patents. Um, you could probably get through it in about 10 minutes. Um, if you're not used to reading patents, um, this is a Bill Slosky article. So set aside about half an hour, get your coffee in the morning. Well, maybe not morning. Get your get your coffee <laughs> after your event, during your first break um and really dive in because there are parts you'll need to read like there's parts I'd read and I'm used to reading patent material. Um and, and there were parts I had to read a couple times to understand what he was saying because he does use the same language um that, that patents tend to use and talking about you know just the, the, the way he words things so it's it's advanced stuff to read but it's just so valuable that I, I mean anytime Bill writes something though that's gonna be true. My, my
1: advice is to uh, have a Google search box open in another tab <laughs> in, a, in a different browser window. So you can just alt tab back and forth. Yeah. Um, Good call. Because you're going to be looking up a lot of terms. Yep. Okay. Last topic before we got to jump. Um, and this is a weird one. Um, do you disavow links? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you Do you worry about disavowing very much?
2: Not really. No, not anymore. I used to be a lot more proactive. I do monitor for spikes. Mm. Um, and I haven't had any of those happen. I haven't had a negative attack come at us in.
1: Okay, what, 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 Dave, is, what Dave is talking about is um, if you use uh, certain tools, you can see um, a group of dodgy links that suddenly appear in a block at a certain time um, in, your, in your greater link graph. That's probably indicated that someone's trying to screw you over.
2: That's a good that's point. What you're Thank you at. for clarifying. Yeah, exactly. And then I would, I haven't seen any of those and I don't worry about just the ebb and flow of crap that comes to my site, comes to your site, comes mm-hmm. to Google's site. Right. I don't worry about yeah, and it. And Google uh, doesn't about... care
1: about that stuff, but those, those boxes, those spikes Google looks at at the very least. Yes. Yes. But often Google looks at them and goes, that's crap. I don't care. Right. Um, it's when Google thinks that you're out there trying to manipulate it by buying all that crap that it starts to care, and that's what that's that's um, one of the one of the places where it looks at anchor text. Anyway, the reason I ask is um, Lily Ray published an SEO poll in Twitter um, asking uh, 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 what people do about links. Um, do you ignore them because they're spam? Do you disavow them? Um, do you disavow like say just blogspot spot URLs or what? Forty-two percent um, just ignore them. Twenty-nine percent will avow, some, will disavow uh, some bad URLs. Seventeen and a half percent are just gonna like any URL that comes from a blog roll is just just gets nuked, gone, disavowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and eleven um, percent said they just uh, they, they 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 just don't worry about about links at all.
2: And I would have expected more in a, it depends category, but you know, there you go. Um,
1: well, let me, polls are answered
2: as phrased. Eh? <laughs> exactly. There, there wasn't actually anything. And that, that's interesting results. And I hadn't actually seen the post, but as you're reading it out, I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds about what I might anticipate.
1: And you know what, when you're sitting there, you got to make the decision, right? Um, given, given it's a block of spammy links as you described, what are you going to do about it?
2: Well, and then I would, right? So, and that might be, there might be people who are encountering, they're working in industries where that's more prevalent or, or something where, yeah, I would be paying a lot more attention. Thankfully for the clients and in the industries that I'm working in, those sort of methodologies are not highly prevalent. We don't have a lot of link buying. We don't have a lot of link spamming. We don't have a lot of negative SEO attacks. So there, there isn't quite the same considerations for me that there might be for others.
1: If you are going to use the disavow tool be so careful. Mm-hmm. Like keep keep a list check it twice and check it a third time before you put it into the disavow tool. Yeah. You be don't want to be sure. Water. <laughs> yeah. Be so sure that you're not throwing out something that's actually useful to you because I'm not going to say that one link can kill you but you can throw off a very delicate PA balance, pH yeah. balance that way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's bad. Yep. Okay, we gotta go. We are officially at a, We are officially over time here. So um, I wanna reiterate all those thanks we gave earlier to um, searching the Journal, to Roger, to uh, Darren and Brandy at Webmaster Radio and the whole crew at Webmaster Radio, cause you guys made it, SEO 101 and a bunch of the other podcasts, I've mentioned on that was possible. Um, Dave, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you all. COVID's real. Wash your hands, wear a mask, stay apart from each other. For God's sakes, if you went home for Thanksgiving, get tested and be very, very careful around other people. Stop the spread, then we can get our economy back in order again. Stay safe, everyone. On bath Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedgeman, as always. You've listened to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 2nd of December, or 3rd of December, 2020. We're going to be around next week on the 10th of December. Until then, stay safe, be well, and uh, rank well. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent uh, of
3: WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.